Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Man on Podcast. Uh, Craig again here, and this is part two of my three-part looking at the Game Week 10 wildcard. So part one is already done up on the, the Man on YouTube channel, talking about Arsenal assets and which three, which three I prefer. This one is one of the other big decisions we've got on wildcard in Game Week 10, and that's how to sort of navigate around Haaland, Salah. Do we have both of them? Is both essential? Is both necessary? Or is it possible we can get by with just one and then spread the funds elsewhere? So that's the, the topic of this. Just some numbers, some data, some thoughts around both of those two individually and as a collective in terms of how much budget they take up, things like that. So we'll, we'll crack straight on with it and look at how they both started this season. So obviously Harlem's 14 million, um, 87.3% ownership. So majority of managers have him. 63 points, which equates to seven points per start. And he's basically given uh, 4.5 points per million pound of investment in him. Um, on to Mo Salah, 12.7 million. His ownership has obviously crept up quite a lot in the last couple of weeks, up to 38.1% now. Um, his points are 75, so points per start, 8.3. So 1.3 more than Haaland. And points per million is 5.91. So again, about one and a half points per million more. So look at the numbers so far. Uh, Salah's clearly providing better value for money. If we go on to the upcoming fixtures, and I think this is one of the key points around both of them now, because they're both so expensive um, and because you can only captain one player in each game week, do you need both? Because you're never going to cap. There's going to be one or both. If you if you own both, there's always going to be one you're not captaining. So there's a lot of money tied up in someone who's not a captain. So I've got the next sort of seven game weeks here. And if we go down them one by one, game week 10, you could captain Haaland the way to Manchester United. But I think most people would think a home fixture is probably better for Liverpool, a home to Nottingham Forest. You've also got Arsenal, home to Sheffield um, United. So Saka comes into the argument and Tottenham away to Crystal Palace, not so much in game week 10. So Haaland, maybe not necessary in game week 10. Um, Salah, maybe not necessary if you're prepared to captain Haaland or prepared to captain an Arsenal player. On to game week 11, City have got the plum home game of the four main teams, I would say, right now. I think the four main captains are Haaland, Salah, Saka and Son. So that's the reason for listing these four teams here. And so into game week 11, Man City are home to Bournemouth, but also Liverpool away to Luton. Arsenal, Tottenham, not really captainable. So you, you'll need one of them, Haaland or Salah, um, for game week 11. If you just went Salah, you've got two nice captains. Um, but again, there may be a preference for Haaland at home to Bournemouth in game week 11, considering Luton at home haven't been all that bad so far. So Salah's a fine captain, but maybe not the best. Into game week 12, Haaland probably not captainable away to, to Chelsea. Liverpool at home to Brentford, steady enough, strong Salah captain again. But the preference, I think, for me personally, is Arsenal home to Burnley. Um, Burnley have already proven in, in numerous games this year defensively they're not the best. So I don't think you need either. But again, if you want, it's probably Salah that's the better captain of the two. Into game week 13, we'll touch on this more later in a bit more detail. But Man City are playing Liverpool. Haaland, probably the better captain on the basis he's at home. And Arsenal, Tottenham, not amazing games. Arsenal away to Brentford, Tottenham at home to Aston Villa. So you might argue that Son home to Aston Villa is maybe the best captain, but there's obviously issues around Liverpool's defence right now and how much we trust them. So again, it could be a, a Haaland captain week, game week 13. Into game week 14, 
probably not much in it between Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal. Man City at home to Tottenham is okay. Liverpool home to Fulham, probably preferred. Arsenal at home to Wolves, again, not bad, but Salah again. Game week 15, I think it's a, possibly a Salah captain again. Man City away to Villa. Liverpool away to Sheffield United. Arsenal away to Luton. Tottenham home to West Ham. So all four of them probably captains that week. Haaland might actually be the weakest. And then into game week 16, I think it's the first clear week that you captain Haaland is away to Luton when Liverpool away to Crystal Palace, Arsenal away to Villa and Tottenham away at home to Newcastle. So looking at those next seven game weeks, I think the only definite, definite standout Haaland captain is away to Luton in game week 16, which begs, which might ask the question, do you need him for the next six game weeks? But there is game week 11 and game week 13 um, where he's a strong candidate for captain and you could argue he's the best captain, although there is a clear alternative. 11, he's got Bournemouth at home when Salah's got Luton away. And 13, he's got Liverpool at home when Sun's got Villa at home. But I think 10, 12, 14, 15, I think you'd probably argue there's a better captain than Haaland in particular. So looking at best captaincies in the upcoming fixtures, I think Salah of the two is probably the more needed because I think he's could be used for captain more often, in my opinion. So there's some thoughts there around that. In terms of value for money across sort of all sort of popular wildcard players right now, I thought I'd do a, a little bit of a breakdown. So in points order, this is... So Salah, top point scorer in the game so far, uh, 75 points, as we said, 8.3 points per start, 5.91 per points per million. But interestingly, a lot of these assets now... Haaland is the worst in terms of offering value for money, points per million, and Salah's the second worst. So Haaland at 4.5, Saka at 5.91. Trippier, unsurprisingly, the best at the moment, 8.5 points per million for his 59 points. Alvarez, 8.03 points per million. Ollie Watkins, 7.68. Son, 7.16. Then down into Bowen at 6.98. Saka, 6.82. And then... I say Salah and Haaland. Points per start, though, it is Salah that's the best, um, 8.3. Uh, interestingly, Watkins second, 7.8. Saka third, 7.3. So Haaland, the worst of these eight players in terms of points per million, he's offering and fourth worst, uh, fourth best even in terms of points per start. So Salah, Watkins and Saka all offering more, more points per start. So that doesn't obviously equate to any value at the minute. They're just looking like better assets at the moment. Sun also, 7.6 points per start. So he's actually third. Um, and then Trippier, 6.6. Bowen, 6.4. Alvarez, 6.3. So again, £40 million asset. Haaland, seven points per start is steady. But on the basis, there's four or five players here that are considerably cheaper than him, offering more points per start and a better sort of points per million return. You could argue if you have Haaland you're limiting the number of these sort of mid-price to budget premium, I guess you'd call them assets, where no Haaland could mean you could get three or four of those assets. You could maybe afford to have Sun, Saka and Salah quite comfortably with no Haaland, where if you want Haaland as well, it becomes a lot trickier. So just some yeah, some data there around points per start and points per million. Bit of a more thorough breakdown now in terms of Salah comparing how he's ranking against other midfielders to, to see if he's um, if he is that much better. There's, there's an error actually right at the top of this. I think he's... Let's have a look on the next. I'll jump ahead a couple. His numbers on here. So 0.73 is uh, Salah's 
non-penalty XGI. So he is the best midfielder at the moment for non-penalty expected goal involvement, 0.73. Not much worse than him, though, is Madison, 0.71. And Waymo and Son, both 0.7. Um, and then down a little bit lower to Saka, 0.65. And even Rashford is actually better than Matoma and Bowen, quite interestingly. In terms of goals, it's Salah and Son both on seven now. Um, both equal as well for attempts on target, 13. But Salah is ahead for big chances. So, obviously, for midfielders, one of the, the, the best route to points, obviously, is goals. They get more than strikers for, for scoring. Salah's had nine big chances, which is the most of any midfielder ahead of Bowen and Mbwemo and Matoma, who have all had seven. Um, so, he, he's best for a lot of metrics here, Salah. He's top goal scorer of the midfielders or joint top with Son. Attempts in the box, he's got... The second most is on 23. Rashford's had 25, believe it or not, just to show those that have owned him, like myself, just how disappointed he's been. 25 attempts in the box. You'd expect more than one goal from that, from Marcus Rashford. But Salah on seven goals from 23 attempts in the box, 13 on target, nine big chances. So, again, is he worth three million more than Sun? Four million more than sort of Saka? And maybe nearer to sort of five million more than the likes of Bowen and Madison? Debatable. So non-penalty XGI is pretty level. Big chance he's had a, a couple more attempts on target. Not considering he's had Madison's had more shots on target than him, for example. Um, Rashford's had more attempts in the box. So he's not massively dominant in any one metric here. He is the most consistent for, for high sort of data numbers across the board. Um, and with Liverpool's fixtures, obviously they've got nice fixtures coming up. So I think he is a nice to have. You may argue he's essential. This is obviously non-penalty XGI, not um, complete XGI. We'll get onto that in a minute because he has had a couple of penalties lately and we, we pick penalty takers on the understanding they might take penalties, but he's had more than his fair share in the last handful of game weeks compared to like Tottenham, who haven't had any yet. And who is their penalty taker? Is it Son? Is it Madison? Is it Richarlison? Is it someone else? So Salah has been comfortably outscoring these guys, but... Certainly the penalties have helped because that's an extra goal to him and that goal impacts his bonus points, etc., etc. So the penalties have been handy, but will Liverpool keep getting penalties at the rate they've been recently getting them? By picking penalty takers, you roll that dice. But my gut feeling is you can't rely on that. And the reason Salah's been doing so well is largely because, because of those penalties. But in terms of midfielders, he's looking very good. Then we'll look at Haaland compared to the other strikers. And again, non-penalty XGI-wise, he's not the best. He's actually fourth best here behind Callum Wilson, who's the highest, 0.9. Alexander Isak, also of Newcastle, 0.85. Darwin, 0.87. And then Haaland at 0.8. So non-penalty XGI is better than Salah, but there's other strikers considerably cheaper than him, around 6 million or so, even a bit more cheaper than him that in terms of expected goal involvement per 90 minutes are matching him at the moment. But attempts in the box, he is the best, 33. More than double the majority of strikers on this list, barring Ollie Watkins. Attempts on target, he's comfortably clear. And big chances, he's very clear, which makes him hard to go against, right? So, yeah, big big chances, 10, next best. Uh, big chance, sorry, 15, next best, 10. A few on nine, eights and things. Attempts in the box, though, like double Wilson, double Isak, almost treble. Evan Ferguson and players like that. So Haaland and Watkins do stand out. Even Julian Alvarez, you could argue, is like half the price of Haaland and give you obviously coverage into the Man City attack. Is it viable to go for, for Watkins and Alvarez and leave Haaland out? 
Well, Alvarez's numbers, 14 attempts in the box is less than half of Haaland. Attempts on target is 11 compared to 18 and big chances is three compared to 15. So this is what you're giving up if you do go for, for Alvarez over Haaland. So not an easy decision because it depends what metric you look at to what dictates how good or bad you think Haaland's performance is. Um, the data is clearly there for more returns is, is the big thing for him. I think he's underperforming right now compared to what he could be getting. And maybe that's a, a worrying and nervy situation if you go without him for the next couple of game weeks. So putting all these players together, all attackers, I picked the best eight for non-penalty XGI here. So that's Wilson first, then Darwin, then Isak, then Haaland, then Salah. Um, after Salah is Madison, Son, then Embuemo, um for non-penalty XGI. So they're all on the list. I've also added their XG per 90 and their XGI per 90, including penalties, just for some added reference. So XG per 90 is Wilson ahead at 1.08. Then Isak still second, 0.96. Haaland, 0.93. Then a bit of a drop-off into Salah at 0.77. Darwin, 0.67, and so on. XGI, though, it's still with Wilson and Salah, both at 1.10. So Salah's had seven goals, four assists so far. So healthy um, chance creation as well as the goals. Just under one is then Isak and Haaland. Then Darwin, um, who's actually about level with him, Waymo right now. And then a bit of a drop to the Tottenham boys, Madison and Son. So they're the top eight. No Watkins in this list for non-penalty XGI. No Saka in this list for non-penalty XGI. No Jared Bowen. Players like that have got quite good attacking numbers that we might look at on for our wild card and think, yeah, we definitely want them. In terms of non-penalty XGI, not up there. In terms of XGI, they're way below as well. They look sort of near a 0.5, 0.6 compared to some of these guys who are sort of high 0.9s, even over 0.9. So... The obvious caveat with the three at the top here is their minutes risks. They rotate. Um, can't trust them for 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 start regular starts. Do you want to get involved in that um, that lottery of picking Wilson, Isak, or Darwin? They're all clearly value for money if we can get guaranteed minutes off them. Um, it's just maybe prepared to roll that dice and pick those players, knowing that the risk that you're getting involved in of the safe starters. Haaland is the best, um, quite comfortably of the strikers. In midfield, Salah, I think, is, is ahead, as you would expect, because he's the most expensive player. But a gap, again, not massively different to, to Madison's son and Waymo also creeping in with some quite eye-catching numbers. So I've made a couple of drafts now to look at... This is based on my team value. You may have more team value than me. You may have less team value than me. My team value isn't amazing. Um, so I've made some drafts now, which includes Haaland and Salah, to see the compromises um, in other positions. So this team here, um, I've tried to be quite consistent with my two goalkeepers. So I've already recorded my wildcard pod on Arsenal and I was pretty keen that I wanted David Rea in goal. I think he's the best keeper, despite a couple of maybe twitchy performances in the last couple of game weeks. So him and Ariola are the two keepers in all the drafts. If you want Haaland and, so uh, Haaland and Salah, I think you can't really have a Trippier or a Trent. Oh, I certainly can't. So... Managed to keep Saliba in there for the Arsenal security of minutes. Simakas is in um, for Liverpool's good games and Robertson obviously being injured is good. And then a third defender would be a, either a doggy or Mark Guayhi. Um Wouldn't be my ideal circumstance picking either of those two as a regular third defender, but say needs must when you're spending budget on Haaland and Salah. 
Um, so if you've got a better team value, you might be able to creep someone up to Matt Cash or someone like that as a third defender, which is probably a little bit more encouraging for the next couple of game weeks. Charlie Taylor in there as a fifth defender from Burnley. Then the three that I think are quite necessary in midfield are Salah, Sun, Saka. So they're in all the drafts. Um, no space for what I'd call a mid-price player here. So no, no Matoma, no Bowen, no Diaby, which I think is quite restrictive. Um, I think it's nice to have someone around that 7 million price point you can jump around um, play the fixtures a little bit more so I'm down in two players that are in the 5 million bracket with Anthony Gordon and Pedro Neto I think I think are both still fine picks in their own right and for different reasons are, are positive over the next handful of game weeks but again not many sideways moves from these players and then up front is Haaland with Watkins and then Cameron Archer has to come in as, as the 8th attacker so you're looking at 3-5-2 really, with either Doggy or Gwehi in defence. You're looking at playing Gordon and Neto every week, um, where maybe in other formations they could be rotatable. But here, you're looking at a permanent bench really of, of Taylor, Archer and one of Gwehi or a Doggy. So I think that's a bit rigid, that you've, you've pretty much got a best 11 you're always playing. And again, in terms of making transfers, where are you going to go here? Until you come to a point where you might sell Salah or Haaland, until you come to a point where you might downgrade Watkins to someone like Nkunku when he comes back, or Darwin looks like he's definitely getting a run in the team and you can move Watkins down to him, free up money. I think you're quite restricted here because Salah, Sun, Saka, I think are, are quite hard to sell. Gordon and Neto, there's not really many sideways options from, so you, you, I think they are the best value at their price point, unless you move one down to Cole Palmer and then move the other one up. So that Gordon and Neto spots could become Palmer and Bowen or Palmer and someone else. And then you've got a bit more flexibility in that Bowen position. Or I say you could maybe decide you don't want Watkins and you could keep Alvarez in there with Haaland for now, free up some money. That'll allow you to upgrade a midfielder. The issue is here, I think, a little bit. And I'll touch on this more in more detail in part three. But I think if you do have Haaland and, uh, Haaland and, and Salah, I think... Picking three players over eight million in other positions does stretch the budget a lot. In this case, it's Watkins, it's Saka, it's Son. If you have two of those players, then I think the rest of your team can be really nice with that in mind. But if you want to go for five big hitters, should we call it? So in this case, Haaland, Salah, Watkins, Son, Saka. I think it's a lot of compromise. And so that may be worth it to get those big five in. Um, the form five, as we look at it right now, with a combination of form fixtures and and routes to points. But are you prepared to sacrifice almost all of the other six positions to have them? Um, food for thought there. But that's that draft with both. This is a draft now with Haaland and no Salah. So immediately it allows Trent in defence, um, which is, to me something I'm quite keen on, on the basis that I didn't wildcard in game week six or game week seven, game week eight. And what I don't want to look at now is a wildcard team full of the same players that they are in those teams that wildcarded in game week six, apart from by me doing it now, I'm paying a lot more for the same team. So Trippi has gone up, um, Salah's gone up, Watkins has gone up, all of these sorts of players. So a game week 10 wildcard, for example, could cost over a million more than what the same team would have cost in game week six because everyone wildcarded those players in then. So I am quite keen to have a couple of differences in my wildcard just to justify to myself almost that it was worth waiting. And one of the big sort of players that fits that bill is, is Trent Alexander-Arnold. So no Salah means that you, you can get Trent in. 
And if you go for Trent, Simakas and Gabriel, in this case, as your back three, a bit cheaper than Saliba to, to allow other things, that means that you're picking a back three that's not from a team like Crystal Palace, not from a team like West Ham, maybe even Aston Villa, can they be trusted enough in defence? So I, I get three of what I expect to be three defenders from the teams I expect to finish in the top four come the end of the season. And it's got a doggy in there as, as a nice backup as well. Into midfield, again, Cole Palmer is in, but we'll come to that in a second. So it's it's Saka and Son again with no seller, but then I can get to Bowen and Matoma rather than um, Neto and um, Anthony Gordon. So upgrade in terms of price. You could argue up, up um, better fixtures. I think West Ham and um, Brighton have got slightly better fixtures than Newcastle and uh, Wolves in the next couple of game weeks and arguably two players with slightly more upsides so that's good and then Cole Palmer comes in as the eighth attacker no Cameron Archer in this team um, so Palmer is a more playable eighth attacker than what Archer is and by doing that you can then play three strikers so I, I can play Haaland, Alvarez and Watkins in this team so eight playable attackers and you could argue Palmer's fixtures aren't immediately good from game week 10 to like game week 15. So he's probably going to be a permanent sub, but you'd be a bit happier with him coming on, I think, than, than Cameron Archer. And so you've got a bit more versatility in this team at price points. You've got Bowen and Matoma, who, who can all be interchanged with others. You've got a chance to bench someone each week because Palmer's there, who offers a lot more than Cameron Archer does. And it gives you a stronger defence here with Trent. Um, there's obviously other things you could do. You could put Trent to Trippier, save the million, and that might get Cole Palmer up to Neto or someone who might even be an even better asset for the next coming um, run and a better asset in terms of rotation. So there's things like that that can be done here, but the gist of it is your squad's better. You can you can have a playable front eight that you can maybe rotate. So you can bench the one with the weakest fixture each week, even if it's someone the same as home as away to Man City, you might look at that and think, oh, I'd rather not play him. When you've got both of them and you, you only either sell him, right, or you, you have to play him, I think. Here you can bench him. And I say you've got a slight, slightly stronger defence. You're not relying on Crystal Palace. You've got a Trent or a Trippier. And for me personally, I think this team's got a few more differentials in from those that maybe wildcarded in game week six to eight. And that might be quite a nice thing to have as well moving forward. It's got Bowen. It's got Saka. Um, it's got Matoma. It's got Trent. I, I think those four players won't be easy owns now for those that have I've already wildcarded earlier and obviously David Raya as well and Gabriel even might not be that well owned. So I do quite like this team um, just because it's a nice mix of price points. It's a nice mix of flexibility and rotation and it's got a nice selection of sort of players that those that have already wildcarded don't have. So it ticks quite a lot of boxes for me, this team obviously, but there's no salary in it. Then we move on to No Harland, who's obviously 1.3 million more than Salah. So it gives you even more um, we can try to stretch your budget around other positions. So again, Ray and Ariola in goal, double premium defence here, Trent and Trippier um, with Gabriel. So doesn't rely on double Liverpool defence, don't need to rely on Simakas, the, the risk around his minutes, the risk around will he be rotated, the risk around how many yellow cards will he pick up. Here you just go Arsenal, Liverpool, um, Newcastle, three really nice defenders. If Gabriel, for whatever reason, doesn't play a game, you've got a doggy sat there as your fourth defender to come in, which is quite nice. In midfield, you've got, again, a nice blend. Salah and Saka are there. No Sun in this team, though. Might be feasible to, to make some alterations to get him in. So Salah, Saka are there with Matoma, Bowen and Gordon. Nice midfield there, full of variation and flexibility. And this one's got Watkins, Alvarez and, and Darwin as the three strikers. 
So what you could do is you could move Darwin down to Evan Ferguson for, for Brighton's really nice fixtures coming up. Um, and that might allow you to alter a few other things and then get Sun into midfield if you still wanted Salah, Sun, Saka, which so I'm, I'm a fan of getting those three. Um, but in an ideal one, I think I'd, I'd like to have three Liverpool and three Arsenal on my wildcard. Can't quite commit to who the best three Liverpool are. I think it's Salah and Trent, I think would be two. Simakas is great value for money, but if you want to punt the fixtures from an attacking um, standpoint, you probably would, I think, rather punt Darwin than a Luis Diaz or a Oriota. His numbers obviously were really good in some of those earlier slides. So you, you could punt this for a couple of weeks. Darwin, Watkins, Alvarez. Um, really nice games here coming up. Not You're not relying on double Man City attack when the Man City fixtures aren't super amazing. Um and yeah, it's a really strong eleven, isn't it? Um, with with some nice bench options in one of those midfielders, probably with a doggy, and then Charlie Taylor. So yeah, some thoughts on that there. What you can get without Haaland. Spoke about it a bit earlier. Game week thirteen. So I think it's probably the most critical game week if you do decide to go with no Haaland, because there's not a really big standout captaincy here. A lot of the fixtures are, are pretty rough, to be honest. So it's Man City against Liverpool in the lunchtime kickoff. I say Liverpool's defence can be a bit rocky, a bit shaky. If they're playing Trent and Simakas in that back four, that might not be ideal either. So could Man City, even if at the moment their attack isn't firing on all cylinders, it could be a game where they could score three or four goals, I think. Um, and if you're looking for alternatives to Haaland captain in game week 13, they're, they're pretty thin on the ground. You've got West Ham away to Burnley, so if you own Jared Bowen, you might want to think about captaining him. Um, Luton Palace you're not going to have a captain from Newcastle Chelsea doesn't scream captain Forest Brighton doesn't scream captain to me Sheffield United Bournemouth you won't own anyone Brentford Arsenal not an easy game for the likes of Saka Martinelli I say Tottenham are home to West to Aston Villa is one where you might captain a son or something Villa have been not the best defensively away from home they're letting five against uh, Newcastle they're outplayed comprehensively at Anfield as well so Villa away have been patchy. They've obviously been really good at home. Away, not so great. So you could captain Son or Madison if you own them that week. But I think that the chosen captain, I'm sure the, the popular captain in terms of EO this game week will be Haaland. So just be sort of content in yourself that if you are looking at no Haaland in, in your draft, that this game week is coming up for you, game week 13, where you may be behind the sofa for this game because there's not a clear alternative. And... It's a pretty good fixture for him. So just thought I'd flag that for game week 13. The last thing I thought I'd flag is the possibility of moving one to the other. So I mentioned earlier, the next six game weeks for Haaland don't scream sort of captaincy options. There's a couple in there like game week 13 where you could captain him. But there are alternatives in most of these weeks where for Salah, I think he stands out as a captain more in the next six game weeks. But after game week, so game week 15, Man City travel away to Aston Villa and Liverpool away to Sheffield United. So that would look a really good game for anyone owning Liverpool players. But after game week 15, Liverpool's fixtures are not so good. So Crystal Palace away, Man United at home, Arsenal at home. They do go into Burnley away then, Newcastle at home. So the Burnley away game is quite eye-catching. The three trickier games are at home, Man United, Arsenal and Newcastle. So maybe that's not so bad for Salah. But it does feel like a possible 
at a hop-off point in game week 16 from him. So if you can keep two transfers back for game week 16, it feels plausible to me that you can get Haaland in for Luton. So you, you downgrade Salah to a cheaper midfielder, maybe all the way down to Cole Palmer. Chelsea's fixtures get better around this point. Um, you could come all the way down to a Gordon, even someone like that, a Neto, if, if you can afford to do that. And, and by downgrading Salah to them, you upgrade your third striker to Haaland. And that's probably doable in two moves. If you're semi-prepared in game week 15, you make sure you get enough money in the bank to facilitate that. Haaland is obviously more expensive than Salah by current prices, 1.3 million. So you'll need that in the bank um, as well. So... So if you if you look if you've gone in with Trippier, for example, now by game week 15, you might look at Trippier and think I can downgrade him. Maybe Ben Chilwell will be playing left back and regularly starting by that point. Maybe a Man City defender will look good by game week 15. Maybe a stupid and will be back for Brighton in the team and looking threatening again. So if you could in game week 15 move a Trippier down to someone like that, get some money in the bank in preparation for then game week 16, downgrading Salah to a cheap mid to upgrade your cheap forward to Haaland and then you've, you've, you're back into Haaland for the good games um, and off of Salah at that point because Salah's run from 16 to 23 isn't super amazing. It's a bit like the Haaland run in, in the immediate term. There's a couple of eye-catching games in there. There's a couple of rough ones as well where you wouldn't expect things. So just have that in mind as a possible solution. If you're looking at a team right now with both of them, and thinking, I, I don't really like the way this this works, and I don't want to sacrifice a Watkins, a Sun, or a Saka. Um, I'd rather sacrifice one of the two premiums. This is this is one possible way to do it, but it does mean the risk of obviously going without Haaland for the next couple of weeks. Um, not an easy choice, but again, it's a it's a game of sacrifices right now. So yeah, that's the end of this. Um, nothing definitive. I wish I could come on and say to you, this is definitely what I was going to do. This is definitely what the data is saying. But it shouldn't come as much as a surprise that Haaland is all round the best striker. Salah is all round, I would say, the best midfielder. I don't think either of them massively justify the extra cost that they are over the alternative. So I don't think Salah is worth three million more than Sun. I don't think Salah is worth four million more than Saka, five million more than Bowen. In the same way, I don't think Haaland's worth six million more than Watkins and things like that right now. So do you want both of those players that in terms of delivering points per million right now are not the best? Do you want two of them when you can only captain one in every game week? I think these are all questions you kind of have to ask yourself. And are you happy with the compromises? So say in my case, looking at it sort of at the moment, I'm not overly happy with the team I have when I have both of them in it. Um, so if you've got a slightly better team value, your team may be superior to what I can get to, and that might be enough to attract you. You might think they're the best two assets in the game, so I'm going to put those two in and deal with whatever comes around it. As long as I've got those two, um, I'll be I'll be covered, and I, I can see the logic to that argument. I can also see the logic in having a much stronger squad and having more differentials and more flexibility by ditching one of them, whichever one that is. Um, ditching Haaland I think is harder because the pool of strikers is a lot thinner I think Watkins is going to be popular for understandable reasons right now I think Alvarez will continue to offer value for money as a Man City player that most of us bought already for less than 7 million so you could just have those two and then 
even Cameron Archer with those two and have a really high premium midfield and defence or something and play 3-5-2 with, with Haaland and Alvarez. I don't hate it. Um, you could take a punt on a Hoyland or a Darwin or an Evan Ferguson for the next batch of games and think I'll do that. And then when it comes to potentially what I just showed on the last screen where you downgrade Salah in game week 16 to upgrade to Haaland, you could upgrade Evan Ferguson at that point maybe. So there is choice at the moment. I don't think one strategy, in my eyes at least, massively stands out over the other ones. I think all three are viable. And I would, for those that haven't even looked into the consideration of selling Haaland, I would ever ever think about it at least for for five or ten minutes and see if you're prepared to take on the, the high EO, prepared to take on the fact that the data suggests he should be probably getting more points than he is. He's maybe just not delivering right now. Fifteen big chances is a pretty considerable number through sort of nine game weeks. So he could have had more goals than he, where the likes of Watkins, I think, is overperforming his XG. Haaland isn't. So do you want to take that on? I think it's, if you're a bit of a maverick and a bit of a risk taker and a little bit behind and want to, say, play a bit of catch up, I think it's feasible that you go without him. Others will say, no, he's just too good. He plays for the best team. Why would you take that risk? And that's fair enough too. So... Yeah, that's the end of this pod. So yeah, thanks for listening. This part two done. Part three will be out by the end of the week to look at just some general questions around wildcard that I'm sort of been asking myself across the last week that maybe didn't deserve their own pod or didn't. Well, there wasn't enough in them to sort of have seven, eight slides and and talk for half an hour about. I thought I felt like the debate around Salah and Haaland and the debate around which Arsenal assets to get was probably better as as singular subjects, but um, I'll try and put together all of the two other questions I'm asking myself into one sort of collective sort of brain dump in, in pod three and that'll be out later in the week. So um, happy tinkering everyone um, before the end of the week. Hope you're starting to make some progress with your wild cards because it's, it's, it's not easy um, and I'll speak to you all again soon. Thanks all.